Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. So we're doing something a little bit different today. I'm here with my business partner of 17 plus years, John Franco, and we're using our own media platform here to shamelessly introduce a new podcast that we've just launched. We'll get into that shortly, but first, John, welcome back to the show. It is good to be back in, yeah, 17 years, I guess, July, coming up in July. Yeah, I never know when to kind of count the beginning of our business because we had that period where we were working other jobs and we were doing this as a nights and weekends thing. And then we, you know, we officially, I guess we officially quit our jobs. I guess it would have been 15 years ago last month, which would have been yeah. May, but 17 years in total, if you count that period of time when we were... Doing the nights and weekends and getting this off the ground. But yeah, man, it's uh it's wild to think it's been that long. So crazy. Yeah. Our business is old enough to drive and then some. That's wild. I know. I know. Pretty crazy. Almost buy lottery tickets. So there you go. <laughs> That'll be a milestone. Well, this is episode 158 of the manufacturing executive. That puts us just over the three-year mark since this show's inception. And since then, we've introduced a second podcast called The Manufacturing Marketer, which was geared at the marketing people with marketing job titles in manufacturing, essentially, whereas this show, The Manufacturing Executive, is for executives, so CEOs, owners, C-suite, et cetera, people leading the organizations. And just recently, we're just a few months in here, you launched our third podcast at Gorilla, kind of rounding out that suite, and it's called The Manufacturing Employer. And so I'm going to, this is what we're talking about today. I want to introduce this podcast, talk, you know, talk about who it's for, why we think this podcast is needed in the manufacturing sector. So we're going to get into all of that. But first, I thought I would just talk very briefly here about what what's the strategy behind having three podcasts? Like, aren't we thinning ourselves out here? Is there really an, is it really necessary to have three completely different shows? And so I'll talk about that here for a second. And the, really, the the thought process is this: you know, we as, as I mentioned, we launched this show, the Manufacturing Executive, to be a resource to manufacturing leaders. You know, three years ago, uh, originally my thought process was. Well, let's do the same thing we're doing with blogging and video content. Where let's just teach marketing stuff to manufacturing people. And and I was advised by it was um, Dan Sanchez at Sweetfish Media who kind of stepped in and said, "No, hold tight. That's not what you're going to do. You're going to launch a show to be a resource from all kinds of perspectives for the people that you want to meet and reach and help. And that's really the leaders of manufacturing organizations. And you know, my first thought was, well, I don't know anything about all the things they care about, about you know, manufacturing operations and running an actual you know, mid-sized manufacturing company and all the things that matter there. And he said, well, that doesn't matter. It's not your job to teach about that. It's your job to bring in people who are experts in that and put the spotlight on them and let them talk about it. And that's what this show has become. 158 episodes later, we've covered all kinds of topics. And, and it's been so fun because I've 
I've met so many people. It's rounded out my knowledge of the manufacturing sector and the people that I need to talk to and what matters to them. So it's been amazing market research. I've met so many people. It's opened doors. It's led to business for us without even trying. And then, you know, it was uh, two, two and a half years later and we said, well, okay, now, now why don't we do the thing where we teach marketing to manufacturers? And rather than me doing it, we put our strategy team on Gorilla on it. And they're the ones who are in the weeds doing the work for our clients and helping manufacturers of all shapes and sizes figure out how to, you know, how to grow their businesses through the lens of marketing. So that show, The Manufacturing Marketer, which is spearheaded by our senior strategist, ben, Brendan Forrest, and, and a bunch of others on our team who participate, that is teaching marketing to manufacturing people. And so the last thing, the last piece of this, and I don't know, maybe there will be more at some point, but we, we felt like the third sort of missing, I don't know, leg of the stool or whatever is, is well, what about what about this problem that's going on in the manufacturing sector, really, really anywhere in the business world right now, but in particular in manufacturing where there, there's a labor crisis, right? Like we have boomers exiting the workforce. We have you know challenges with bringing young people in. We have this perception of, of manufacturing as dirty, dark, and dangerous that you know the young people are, are not interested in it. Their parents think it's something that really it's it's not so much anymore. And it's it's created so many challenges around building the workforce. And so we said, well, why don't we create a show and put the spotlight on people who are figuring out how to do this, talk about their challenges, et cetera, and, um, and also bring some of our insights in from outside of manufacturing where, where we feel like we're doing a pretty good job in our own world of this. So that's my kind of setup for handing it over here to you, John. And I'd, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this new show, The Manufacturing Employer. You know, From your perspective, why did we launch this? What are we trying to accomplish with it? And why were you the right person at Gorilla to do it? Yeah, for sure. So I think first and foremost, like just kind of thinking about that. God, I'm a I'm a copywriter, so I should know the term for this, but not really the tagline. But I guess just that that one that the elevator speech, so to speak, for this podcast. The manufacturing employer is a podcast built for the hiring managers, HR pros, and culture builders at industrial companies. I'm the host, as you said, Joe, and on each episode, essentially, our listeners are hearing from those designing great workplaces. We're going to cover things from employee engagement to benefits to onboarding, kind of covering that working experience from top to bottom. You also mentioned, which is absolutely true, there's just a need for this right now. There's every client we talk to is dealing with whether they want to call it the war on talent, the, the talent shortage, the lack of a workforce. This is a topic that we're hearing from a ton of our clients. I mean, we have actually had clients say to us, guys, I can't like, yes, I would love to bring on more work, but we can't find the people to do the work. So if we're a marketing company and we're trying to help people get more work, it only kind of makes sense that we're going to also get involved in trying to help them find the talent to do the work. Additionally, I and this is kind of a light bulb that went off. To me, and I, I don't know why as marketers, we haven't talked more about this, but when you're trying to find talent, it's really no different than trying to find new business. You're trying to appeal. You're trying to show your best, the best version of yourself and all the benefits that you offer and what you can help the other party do. You're trying to communicate that. And so whether that's bringing on new business and helping them grow and find and attract new new clientele, or it's growing your company and trying to find new people and explaining what it is like to work at your company, what the culture is like, painting that picture. 
so many companies don't do that portion of it. And and I think I understand why, or at least my guess would be the same reason we didn't for a long time. You think, well, I'm just, I'm giving jobs out. This can't be that difficult. I think we've all learned the past couple of years, it, it's actually pretty difficult. In, in terms of why I'm the person to do it, I don't know, to be honest. But no, in all seriousness, I, I think it's just it's the role I've had at Gorilla is is building our culture, communicating that culture, and just kind of focusing on that employee experience. Similar to, and you kind of mentioned this in in your intro, and and we've talked about it before. And I believe that our friends at Sweetfish even called it the Oprah effect, or somebody called it the Oprah effect, where basically I'm not an expert on workplace culture at a manufacturing company. I'm still, I wouldn't even call myself an expert at Gorilla. I'm learning about it. And, and I feel like I have a good understanding of what it looks like in the marketing space, but there's still a ton for me to learn. But in terms of the manufacturing space, I am not the expert, but what I am is a trained journalist. I went to journalism school. I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on trying to dig in and ask questions. And by doing this, I'm learning. I'm only, I, I, we've had four published episodes. By the time this episode's published, we'll probably have, I don't know, five, six, seven. I have several in the can already. But I, I've learned so much already, and we'll get into some of that, I'm sure. But just by asking questions with the people who are living and breathing this every day, I'm learning so much. And each conversation, I feel like it's building on the next because you're just you're gaining more and more knowledge. You're learning more and more of what's going on. But really, my job is to just go in and ask the questions and try to present it in a format that is useful to the to the listeners. Yeah, man, you packed a lot in there. That was that was great. I mean, I think that there's this, I think people feel like they're in their own silo sometimes in their job roles. And I, I think I know marketers feel this way quite often where, you know, there might just be a marketer inside of a manufacturing company and they're kind of the ones responsible for everything. It's probably similar for HR professionals in a lot of ways where they're they're the person tasked with this and there's not a lot of people with the same job title, if any, around them in their company. And so I think having creating resources like this is part of the goal for how can we almost build a little bit of a community and and bring in, you know, people who are struggling with the same things as you in this case around building culture and hiring and retention and all the people side of your business and and let them share their ideas so you can learn from it. It's a really powerful thing. I've had so many people over the last few years just say, like, thank me for for just hosting this podcast because of just the idea. You know, it's it's a place for people to come and learn from others like them or about you know, how they're dealing with the same challenges that, that they're going through. So I think there's something really cool there. And then the other thing you hit on there that you know, kind of struck a chord with me is just the parallels between customer acquisition and talent acquisition. We're big believers in both fronts, on both fronts, in sort of playing the long game. I think both in both new business and in finding a new employee, for example, when somebody quits or you need to expand because you're you're growing faster, whatever. I think a lot of companies just their emergency like fire situations where they just, you know, it's like, okay, we need business. We need to hire somebody. And, and it's just this emergency to go rush out there and find someone. And I mean, the stress that that causes, you know, the practicality of trying to find the right person or on the new business side, the the right customer fast, 
it's hard to do and you wind up settling for you know less than you want you, you create all this stress and, and often you don't wind up in a good place and so i think we're big fans in both cases of playing the long game how do you proactively make this a place where people want to work and broadcast that to the world you're not going to do it with a single page on your website that says apply and you've got a paragraph of text describing a job role like you need to figure out how you're going to build relationships with the future workforce for your company how you're going to sort of broadcast the great things that are going on in your business and make all that visible out there in the world so that's something that I think we're we're really keying into right now as we as we just watch this sort of labor crisis continue to unfold in in the manufacturing sector yeah and and I mean I don't have data and you may or may not, and you have a lot of conversations with the C-suite at a lot of these manufacturing companies and a whole nother discussion is I, I think we're going to have to start to see the HR managers start to get a seat at that that same table, but that's a whole nother conversation. But I think American manufacturing seems to really be on the rise right now, both from what we're seeing from our business and just what you read in the news and everything else. I mean, I think COVID taught us that we need to be able to manufacture our own products in the United States. I mean, uh, whenever the PPE crisis was going on, it was like we people couldn't find needed materials that were that were that were made right here in the in in the states. So it seems to be that that is on the rise. Now, of course, we're going to have. It seems like there's manufacturing like 4.0 and a rise of the the machines and and everything like that but we we still need people and so it just it seemed to make it seems to make a lot of sense that we just need to be talking about it a lot more and i i think that going back to that first question i think that's a big part of the part of this as well as like let's just make this more a part of the conversation yeah for sure well, you're a handful of episodes in so far. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the guests you've interviewed. And is there anything in particular you've learned already in these conversations that's been interesting to you? Yeah. So kind of my strategy for for booking some of these was, let's start out with the people who I know are going to be great guests, going to provide really great content and insights, but also are going to be easy for me to interview. These are people that, you know, if I were, these are some of the people that I would consider like some of my near and dear business contacts and people I've worked with for a long time. And, and several of the upcoming guests are, are part of that group as well. But, you know, I, in the first episode, I started with, uh, with Dan Urshan, who, who's also been on your show, Joe. Uh, he talked a lot about servant leadership. He's an extremely successful guy. He has a, a story that's just fascinating with some adversity built in. And he he leads, he's very humble. And his whole his whole philosophy, ethos as a business leader is move everything out of the way so the people I hired can do the job that I hired them for. Servant leadership. I love it. I think it's brilliant. It's always a concept that has resonated with with us at Gorilla. I had Elliot Sherman, a, a good friend of mine, Harvard educated. He's worked. God, he's had so many jobs throughout throughout his career at very high, very, very high level. And he he came on the show and he talked about a variety of things. But one thing that I thought was really interesting was he talked about how every company has a personality and how that plays into the culture, which then led into the kind of the next conversation I had with Tom Todd Imming, who has been a longtime client of Gorilla, a CMO of the Cordy Company. Granted, they are in the construction space. 
similar similar workforce to the manufacturing space. And he talked a lot about how they've built a brand at Cordy that attracts talent. And again, similar to what Elliot kind of was talking about was that personality that plays into the culture. Also, I talked with Luke and, and Joel Wittenbreaker from MacTech, another client of Gorilla's. Huge focus on core values at MacTech. And that that's something we've identified so strongly with at Gorilla. I think company culture is often one of those things that gets chalked up to what kind of in the advertising space, at least it's what kind of ping pong table and and beer fridge and you know, it, looking at all those like fun things to have around that that I think often I, I kind of describe it as putting lipstick on a pig in terms of like, if that's what you think your culture is, you're wrong. Your culture is that adherence to core values, which I talked a lot with Luke and Joel about. I've got a got an episode with Jim Narduli. He's the COO of Pasco, uh, a company here in St. Louis. His his story was fascinating. He he talks about what he learned. He started in the restaurant business, what he has brought from the restaurant business into his manufacturing facility. He he has a lot of insights about learning from mistakes and and looking at them as tuition. You've paid the price. Now now learn from the the class you're taking. Talked a lot about his flat organization that he has at at his large, like relatively large manufacturing company. So I mean, it's been it's been kind of all over the board. There's a ton of again, like like I kind of said going into this. A lot of times I'll go into one episode thinking we're talking about one thing, and you just kind of ride the conversation where it goes. And next thing you know, you're talking about in something totally different, and the insights you you glean from that kind of wondering conversation. Those are the ones that are like really fun, I think, because it's just totally serendipitous, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I've had the same experience where, you know, it's just these conversations take take on, you know, completely different shape than than what you thought. And um, some of the episodes you thought were filler episodes turn into some of the best ones, which is always a really nice surprise. So, yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Brendan, take it away. So I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Brendan Forrest. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. Right now, we have a group of 50 plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations that meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic, and one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to do a better manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value, no cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. And on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. Yeah, well, you're off to a great start so far. I think you've done, you know, some had some really interesting conversations already. Is there, are there any topics that you're hoping to cover in, in the months ahead or anything in particular that, you know, you're excited about on the horizon with uh, some episodes? Yeah, I think so. Joe, you've worked with me long enough to know that I 
I'm not the best planner. I it's kind of just how I operate. I I like to shoot from the hip a bit, but in terms of the things that I I know will be coming up, I think we're going to always be talking about the great cultures. There is a a company in town that we will likely soon be doing work with. I'm not going to say their name right now, but I know you know who they are, Joe, that they have probably one of the most amazing manufacturing cultures I've ever seen. Definitely want to get them on the show. I want to talk more about what they're doing. I want to talk about some of the processes they have in place to grow that, um, some of the things they're doing weekly, monthly to kind of continue to foster that. I have a friend that I want to talk to about creating a culture of safety. He actually represents, uh, he works in the mass tort space. So he actually is a someone who could be listening to this show, potentially one of their worst nightmares. But he also knows the things that a company can do to put in place to, so hopefully he never has to come around. So people aren't getting injured. So people aren't being exposed to chemicals or, or things that they shouldn't be. So I'm excited about that. I, I think... Anytime we can talk about creating a, a culture of growth, I think that's exciting. A loyalty. I anytime I hear somebody talk about a low turnover rate when we're talking to them for new business or, or whatever it is, my ears perk up because those are those are the things I think people really want. It's like, how do I find talent? How do I hire that talent? And then how do I retain that talent? If you can answer those three questions and get it right, God, I don't know, 80% of the time, you're going to be well ahead of everyone else, I would guess. So you know, I don't have, I, I have an idea of who I want to talk to. I have a long list of guests. I don't want to put any names out there yet because I, it's a lot of them I haven't reached out to, but I think those will kind of be the areas I want to, I want to keep talking about. And like we've said numerous times, I may go in to talk about a culture of safety. And next thing you know, we're, what we're really getting at is, well, to have a culture of safety, you really got to have great communication. And and all of a sudden, that really becomes the focus of the episode. I want these conversations to be organic, and I, I just want them to be helpful to people, I think. Love it. So we obviously operate in very different um, in a very different type of business as a marketing agency than those that you and I are speaking to with our respective podcasts. But I think you know we've kind of got into this a little already. But I think a lot of the principles that we try to practice related to building strong work culture are things that transcend industry. So I'd love to just hear from you as the person who's kind of runs the people side of our business. Yeah, I, for those of you listening who don't know me and John, it's I, I kind of head up sales and marketing. And some client consulting for for the business. John like runs the people side of our business and sits on top of of all of that. And and thank God you do because I wouldn't be very good at it. And you crush it on that on that front. But I'm well, I, I'm just kind of curious from your perspective. What are some of the some of the principles that you think are are going to be relevant uh, or important to you or the way that you yeah. just kind of operate that you know transcend industries? For sure. And don't cut yourself short because I think a lot of my <laughs> growth as managing people has come from observing how you work with people. I, I think that's part of managing people is seeing everyone responds to things differently. Everyone, I, I think where I got things wrong early in my career was I assumed everyone needed to respond to the way I wanted to manage. And it's actually the opposite. You kind of have to listen. And if you're doing servant leadership, which we talked about, if you're really listening to your people, well, then you're going to be managing everyone differently. But in terms of Kind of those things that those parallels or, or those principles that that we practice that I think are also just 
yeah, it transcends industry. It's like, again, that adherence to core values. If I, I was the first one to roll my eyes whenever we talked about mission statement, vision statement, core values. I just, and I think it was because I had seen companies do it wrong. So, so often I had seen the core values get printed and posted on a break room wall, as we always say, or wherever it is, or on a motivational poster. And it's like, but then they didn't actually live any of those things. So I think like truly adhering to those core values and baking them into every decision you make it is massively important. I think what, something we do really well at Gorilla, and, and I've seen it consistently in almost every culture that I've been exposed to that is a positive culture, is not like running as far away as possible from the idea of micromanaging. It's it's such, when you think about it and you boil it down, it's so simple. You're paying someone to do a job. Why would you then try to do their job for them? It's just, it's completely counterintuitive. And if you are finding the need to do that, there's either two things happening. You've hired the wrong person or you have some trust issues going on that you need to work on yourself. So I, I think like that is a massive theme that I see, whether it's it's manufacturing, whether it's service-based business, whatever, it, professional services, whatever it is, like no one wants to feel like they're being micromanaged. I think another concept that that has resonated and, and I think something you and I, it, obviously, for us, work and business, and, and a lot of people listening to this who are, are in the C-suite or owners or whatever it is, our lives are often our work. Of course, we have other things going on that are important, but th this is like, this is a huge component of, of who we are as people. I don't think that's the case for the vast majority of employees. And I think that's totally okay. And that's something we need to understand. I think the vast majority of people, at the end of the day, if they didn't have to work, they probably wouldn't. So knowing that, why would we not create a place that maybe makes them enjoy work a little more, that maybe makes them feel like they are being heard and seen, maybe makes them feel like they have great benefits and, and flexible work schedule and that their manager's not constantly looking over their shoulder. Like they probably aren't like, again, at the end of the day, like if they didn't have to work, I think a lot of people wouldn't. Of course, they would probably go do something they really enjoyed and they could make a little money doing it. Great. But I think just having that realization is massively important. And again, I think that's industry wide. I, I've talked to doctors and lawyers and and whatever that at the end of the day, like, yeah, they enjoy going on vacation probably than they, more than they enjoy going into the office. I've also talked to people work in manufacturing or cut hair or whatever it is. And, and so I think that's just one of those concepts that kind of transcends. And then I think what, what Dan Urshan said, and it's so simple, it's the good old golden rule, right? It's just treating others as you want to be treated. So whatever the space is, I think if you have people and if you're leading people or even working alongside people or whatever it is, or reporting up to people, just treat them the way you would want to be treated. And I, I, I think that's kind of one of those principles that that helps create that culture that we all kind of want to be a part of. Couldn't have said any of that any better. So yeah, a lot of great stuff in there. Cool. Uh, anything I didn't ask you about, John, that you want to add to this conversation? No, I mean, I'm I'm excited about the podcast. It's it's fun. Admittedly, like it was one of those things that it was like this for anyone that's listening out there that I realize this isn't the point of the show, but that's considering podcasting, like. Don't be intimidated. It's been shockingly 
easy. It's been a lot of fun. And and like we said, kind of at the top of the show, like the learnings that have come from this, that's what has me excited now. It's trust me, it's awkward every time I see my face on a video. It's awkward every time I hear my voice. It, all those things are are weird. And that's not those aren't the things that I'm excited about. It's the it the the learning though has been so incredibly exciting. So I think that to me at this point, that's been the biggest benefit is I'm just learning and I'm starting, you know, I'm creating the pathway, so to speak. I, you, you have earned it because you've got 158 episodes now. Like you are, you have, you have established yourself as the voice of expertise in this space. I can now see how that is possible just after four or five episodes in. Like if I keep doing this and I could keep putting the reps in and I keep learning, I think it could be pretty cool to see where this goes. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you saying it. And it's it's um it's an amazing experience. And anybody who's considering the possibility of launching a podcast for your audience as a resource for your audience, feel free to ping either of us and yeah. um hit us on LinkedIn and and happy to share share our learnings. I've written a bunch about it. I've done a whole podcast episode. I think a year ago is the two year anniversary of the show. I did a whole episode on what we've learned and the impact on on our business. And I recapped that on LinkedIn the other day, celebrating three years of this show. But it's it's pretty cool for so many reasons. And my number one reason too is what you said. It's the it's this is market research for I mean I'm talking every single week for 158 straight weeks here to people who understand my audience and are part of my audience. And there's just, I can't think of a better way to learn, honestly. So it, it's really just doing research. It's like doing interviews to learn things and you're just letting other people listen. Yeah. <laughs> That's good really way, all it is. Good way to look at it, honestly. And I, 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 um, those of you who listen, probably a lot of you know who Chris Lukey is. He runs Manufacturing Happy Hour, which I think is the, you know absolutely one of the best podcasts out there for the manufacturing sector. But he he wrote a, a post on LinkedIn just this morning that I, I commented on about you know I don't know how to how to get a podcast off the ground and and um, I think that you know one thing you can do. I added a comment on there like one thing you can do is. Try recording. Do pick the softballs, right? Like John did. Pick some people you know who you know have a great perspective on something that matters to your audience, and just ask them for a you know have a thirty minute conversation or a fifteen minute conversation with them, recorded on Zoom, and all of a sudden you got five podcast episodes queued up before you ever even commit to podcasting, before you even give your show a name. Um, and worst case scenario, you've got a couple hours of content you can use on LinkedIn or elsewhere or publish on YouTube. That's the worst case scenario. And you learn, yeah, this isn't really for me, but I, I got, got something out of this best case scenario. You gain some confidence. You realize, wow, this is not as hard as I, I thought it was as long as I can find some good guests. And now you got your first five shows ready to, you know, take to a production company, or if you got somebody internally who can do it. So I think it's just an experiment worth trying for just about anybody. Yeah, what one thing I was going to add is I think what's interesting is we've had this entire conversation and not once have we talked about monetizing it or making money off of this. And that should not be ignored because there are opportunities to do some sponsorships to to monetize this. But I think that and that wasn't intentional. Like we didn't come into this being like, okay, let's not talk about advertising or making money off this thing. But I think that 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 perfectly sums up kind of our philosophy at Gorilla on a lot of the content we put out there, but especially the podcast. Like we just want good content. And 
I, I think like everything else we've we've done is if you if you put good content out there and you do things the right way, the money will will follow if if it's meant to. And you know, if, if there are opportunities as as my podcast grows to get sponsorships and whatever, of course I'm gonna listen to that. But that's not the reason we're doing it. So on that note, if you're interested in sponsoring either of us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm I'm all ears. Well, John, great conversation. I'm awesome to have you back here. We did a couple episodes together, I don't know, a year ago and two years ago. But this is cool to watch you launch your own show. You're off to an awesome start. I think we're, we're serving an audience that needs needs this content. And so please go check out The Manufacturing Employer. You can find it on any, any podcasting platform, right? And whether that's Apple or Spotify or, or elsewhere, how can our audience get in touch with you and kind of learn more about what you're doing, John? Yeah. Anyone who's listening, I mean, you're always welcome to email me, John, J-O-N at gorilla76.com. LinkedIn, John Franco, J-O-N-F-R-A-N-K-O. Honestly, just however you want to get a hold of me, feel free. Um, I'm not hard to find and I'm always happy to chat. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. You bet. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com slash learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.